Hey, this is Brian Donahue. I'm the planner and lead pastor of Pursuit Friends Church. You're listening to Pursuit Friends Behind the Scenes, where we'll take a look at the stories behind ministry and church planning, the people, the leaders, the ups and downs of starting a new ministry work. This is going to be raw, authentic, and revealing as we share the victories and the setbacks of church planning. I believe that this podcast will encourage and even inspire you to be a part of this crucial and challenging, exciting move of God as we look to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ through the multiplication of church planning. This podcast will feature candid interviews, discussions, special interest pieces, and stories of how God is moving in our midst and around the world when it comes to planning churches. Join me in the Pursuit Friends Lounge as we dive into the world of church planning. Hey, thank you for joining me today. It has been a minute or two since I last recorded a podcast, especially a behind-the-scenes podcast, and had all kinds of plans and uh, whatnot for this podcast. But you know, life happens, and it is the life of a church planner to have things flipped upside down, to have things change on a regular basis. And uh, because of the state of affairs of the entire world, literally, um, there have been a lot of things that have kind of been less important. And unfortunately, uh, for me and my existence as a church planner, as a husband, as a father, uh, doing a podcast has not been very high on the list. I have been really engaged with online ministry, however, uh, with posting videos, doing times of worship, of course, posting our services online on Sunday mornings. Um, and we as a church offer a men's and women's Bible study that meet on Wednesday nights online. Uh, and uh, so it's been it's been a very interesting time to say the least. And uh, this podcast has been uh, kind of a sacrificial lamb, uh, so to speak, uh, of ministry for Pursuit Friends Church. And this morning I'm up bright and early. Uh, the Lord woke me up really about five o'clock or four o'clock actually. I, f- I finally started doing. Uh, uh, made a video at 5 o'clock that I'm going to put out soon, but um, really just have have been trying to spend more time uh, in prayer and worship and fasting in this season over the last few weeks. Uh, But really believe God is calling the church to an intensified season of prayer and fasting in particular, and then tagging on to that, that we ought to be worshiping God like never before too. Um, and I'm seeing that throughout uh, EFCER, which is Evangelical Friends Eastern Region. Um, and uh, as worship leaders are putting out special times of worship uh, for their people to enjoy, and really for anybody to enjoy who might catch it online, as I am sure we are all in the habit now uh, of going public with all of our posts so that anybody can see it, anybody can share it. And it has been really good for my heart to see fellow worship leaders and pastors just on online uh, often proclaiming the good news of Jesus, whether through devotionals, Bible studies, times of uh, worship, 
um, or actual preaching of sermons, it has been really good to see that all across the board. There, there have been a, several Sundays where I've woke up in the morning and just gotten on Facebook, and every single th- I, I had to scroll for a while before finding something that wasn't a church um, in their service posted for that morning. Uh, so it's good. The gospel is being proclaimed. I really believe that we're living in historic times as a nation, as a world. Um, and if the if Jesus doesn't return soon and another generation, if my kids grow up on the earth before Jesus returns, they're going to probably tell their kids about this most historic time in their life when everything got turned flipped up, turned upside down. Um, and it's just an amazing thing to see. And uh, ultimately, my heart is fixed upon and gearing up for what I believe will be the next great revival and great awakening in the United States of America and the world. Because I believe on Easter Sunday in particular, that probably more people than ever before in the history of the world heard about Jesus and saw somebody preaching, heard some people worshiping and declaring the resurrected Christ uh, than ever before in one time, one day in the history of the world as people um, tuned in, in online and really had to figure out uh, how to do church uh, that day. I just, I just believe countless thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people heard about Jesus, maybe perhaps for the very first time. Uh, and so we're living in historic times. And uh, I just wanted to share some things with you guys about our experience as a church. And I want to um, preface it by saying that um, as a pastor, as a worship leader, as a man, a husband, a father, um, and as a leader, I freely admit regularly that I do not have all of the answers, that I do fall short from time to time, and uh, I make mistakes, um, I forget things, or I have good intentions, and sometimes follow-through um, isn't always there the way that it should be. Um, and as as a struggle through these times, um, I, there are things that I've been learning about myself and my leadership and one of the things, just being raw and real here on behind the scenes, is uh, that uh, th- there is often a tendency to lead from a point of assumption, meaning that when I say certain things or preach certain things or even give certain directives as a leader, that those that are listening, all those that are listening, um, have the ability uh, to, or, or are clearly understanding and receiving everything that I am dishing out, um, everything that I am saying. And so I tend to uh, uh, speak in generalities, and uh, not everybody receives that the same way, and not everybody can process necessarily, uh, because I'm talking from a point of assumption, Case in point, um, I, as I talk about that I believe that God has called us to a season of greater prayer and fasting, um, it's really easy for me as a pastor to assume 
everybody in my church understands and um, is currently living in a season of fasting themselves or that they understand what fasting is, what it's for, and how to do it. Um, I think that most Christians would probably say that if they had their choice, they would love to have a lifestyle, some kind of lifestyle and habit of fasting, but they've never really been taught in actuality um, how to fast, what is appropriate way, what are appropriate ways to fast, how do they build up to actually not eating food all day or for several days. How, what kind of, are they able to drink liquids? You know, all, all these things. Is, is there such a thing as social media fasting or Netflix fasting or hobby fasting? You know, all of those questions that oftentimes I think we as pastors kind of take for granted that people just naturally understand what we're talking about when we say fasting. And in America in particular, in the United States of America, um, we really have th- this idol that we have built up around ourselves. And I believe the church, the body of Christ in the U.S., um, is guilty of this as much as anybody. We really worship comfort. And I just believe that God, this is an opportunity for the church in the United States in particular to shake off and get rid of and smash to smithereens this idol of our longing and desire for comfort. And I want want you to hear me because, again, I can come from a point of assumption here real easily uh, and assume you understand my heart. But it's okay to desire rest. It's okay to desire. um, There's nothing wrong with uh, escaping into a good Netflix movie or you know, binging your favorite shows every now and then. Uh, There's nothing wrong with pursuing hobbies as long as they're uplifting and uh, don't go against what the Word of God says, right? Um, There's there's nothing wrong with enjoying uh, the basic things in life that that really are, are okay to enjoy and appreciate. The problem is, and here's where it becomes an idol, is when we are in a season like we are today and uh, God is, try, is is really pushing for this big move. I, I mean, I just, I just really believe that God is, is asking his church to wake up and to, to learn more of his ways and to um, inspire the rest of the world into this hope and light of Jesus Christ, to open eyes that are blind, to go out and find those that are lost and hurting and alone, those that are desperate for answers, and to point them towards Jesus and say, listen, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I believe God is calling the church to that. And uh, uh, I, I just think that part of what we need to learn, though, as a church, is that we, we are too comfortable we're too comfortable in our buildings, and we have for too long expected people to come into our buildings and our facilities to hear the gospel. And we have really the average Christian um, is more interested in inviting somebody to church so that somebody else can tell them about Jesus 
than they are about proclaiming Jesus themselves to those people they have contact with. And we need to understand that every single one of us has a certain territory that God has entrusted us with that is our realm of influence. And it's our mission field. And God has called and commissioned each and every single believer to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And uh, we need to make sure that we're doing that now more than ever. Because our churches are closed down, and because everything seems to have come to a halt, we have to be people that are still moving. And that's really been hard, I think, for a lot of people. It's been hard for a lot of churches to figure out how do we still do ministry? How do we impact our community around us and the world at large? How, how do we do that? And part of the answer is, is online services, giving going online. And we have been doing online services for quite a while. We took a little break partway through. Um, and, uh, but that was really just a readjustment and, and making sure that what we were putting out was what we actually wanted to do. Being a church plant, there's a lot of stories that I tell and, um, uh, personal anecdotes. And, uh, early on, I was actually finding that I was, um, um, telling some stories that, uh, I probably needed to get more permission to tell, uh, on a public way like that, where anybody could get on the feed and listen to it. It wasn't like it was, <clears throat> excuse me, just, <coughs> pardon me, just our church hearing it. There were people online hearing stories too. Um, and oftentimes early on, um, our services were much longer than they have been lately. And, uh, so there just was an adjustment I needed to make as a leader, as a, as a, in my public speaking skills and how I was organizing, uh, my time, my preaching time. Um, but we have largely been online going live with our services or at the very least offering them in podcast format after the fact, um, all along. But that's only part of the answer to reach the world around us. That's that's making sure we're filling the online airways, so to speak, with the gospel. And I think we need to be doing that. Every church uh, should be working hard, if they haven't already, at getting online in some way. Um, uh, it's just absolutely vital. And um, churches that are have just given up that platform and just don't even want to try to figure that out, um, I think are going to suffer. I think, I think that it's, um, going to be hard for them to really recover, um, in, in be effective in ministry after the fact. I don't know. I could be wrong in that. Um, because also there's this, uh, kind of sense and feeling that, that even churches that aren't reaching out right now necessarily, or that were, maintaining or even declining might see a surge um, as the stay-at-home order is lifted whenever that is could be next month it could be uh, we may we might have to go through the summer really and we could see a surge that could be part of the revival and the awakening you know that people are so desperate for social interaction and to find hope through us all and why did we have to go through this that uh, churches all over could really have have kind of a surge and rejuvenating uh, thing happen to them. 
But online church is only part of it. Ed Stetzer has spoken extensively about this, uh, very powerfully and effectively, I think. He makes a lot of good points that we need to get online. Uh, If we haven't, uh, shame on us uh, for just making it about our people and keeping us safe. Like, Like there is a world that needs to hear about Jesus, and that is part of our commission, not just maintaining bills, maintaining staff salaries, maintaining, uh, you know, making our people in our church comfortable in their pews. Uh, This is a time for the gospel to be proclaimed. I believe that with all of my heart. And I think Ed Stetzer gets that absolutely right. Um, But also there is this side of this as a church planner. uh, And here's the story I really want to get into is that... uh, we, for a short, for a hot second or a hot minute, uh, were really desiring to plant come Easter. And that was really big on my heart. We had, we started in June of 2019. Uh, we grew, had, had a wonderful summer in my house. Um, and just God was doing amazing things and we grew and we really outgrew my house. And, and one of the things we outgrew really more than anything was our kids space we we ended up having 12 15 kids on any given sunday when everybody would show up would we'd have 12 15 kids down in my basement now it's a large basement uh, i've got a big old long room down there that's carpeted and finished um in uh but we had all of our age groups together and so it was this kind of wonderful cacophony and controlled chaos um, that we loved but also w- were frustrated by as we realized that we weren't really ministering to the kids as effectively as we could be. Our wonderful um, guys and gals that would take turns rotating down there doing fantastic job making it rich for the kids and there's great community that came out of that for the kids but we really outgrew our house we grew to about 30 35 uh people uh in approaching 40 and and we just just needed a space especially in the winter months i've got a big old backyard and so after service it was nice part some of us could go outside on the deck and eat and be in the yard the kids could go run around we've got a big play set back there um, and it was fantastic, but as it started getting more rainy and cold, we began to feel much more confined and cramped in my house, as as wonderful as it is and has been for us. And so we began really looking for a facility um, partway through the summer as we began to sense that we were going to have to do that anyway soon. And God opened up a wonderful building off State Street in uh, Canton, uh, and in North Canton, actually, and it, it just, it's a 4,000 square foot facility. It's got a big old worship space or banquet hall. Uh, it does have a bit of a kitchen, uh, and it's got more space for kids. Uh, maybe not quite as much as we would like, but much more than my house offered. Um, and we're renting it. We've, we've got a great deal. God has blessed us with a, a, a fantastic deal on rent. Um, and it's in a beautiful setting with woods around and a pond down below the hill. And uh, we're off State Street uh, enough. It's a good location for us. And what we love, one thing we love about it that I love about it is, is that we're really within reach of five or six communities, like literally five minutes away 
uh, if not less, to five or six communities. We are right in the heart of, um, we're right next door to Lake Township and in, in, uh, um, Hartville. The Hartville area is just a couple minutes drive away. Uniontown, Green, Greentown, um, Marlboro, Canton, North Canton are just minutes drive any direction you go. Um, and uh, it's fantastic. Alliance is only 15 minutes away. And so it's just, it's a great location. We're about a five, eight minute drive away from the Akron Canton Airport right off 77. So it's easy to get to. It's a straight shot from the airport. Uh, and God has just blessed us. And we, and we entered into this building uh, December 1st. And if I'm not mistaken, that was a Sunday. And it was our first Sunday in the building. And it's just been fantastic. I and mean, we've had a great time in there. And, and uh, we had originally thought maybe we would launch in January. Uh, I thought we were going to for sure launch out of my house. And uh, God had other plans as he quickly grew us. And our online platform uh, was really a surprising twist for us. We did not expect to have the reach that we did early on with our online stuff, with the podcast and with our services going live um, or being broadcast uh, later in the week. And God was just blessing us, like I've said several times now in a row. Um, Excuse me. Um, But as we got into the facility, um, I I got in my heart, you know, Easter would be a great time to launch. Maybe we do um, uh, launch a few weeks i had a brother from albania pastor altin kita who's a leader of a, a really amazing church planning network out there and uh has a wonderful church uh icf tirana and um uh, we've been talking and striking up a friendship over the past year now and uh man it's just uh so rich those relationships uh, i just if you're a church planner you need to find people that have been there, done that um, in different contexts if possible, and just learn from them, ask them questions. Altine has been uh, kind of that way for me in, in, in a lot of respects, and I don't know if he really understands the impact he's had on my life and the encouragement he's been, him and his wife, Ada, both. And uh, But he said, why don't you launch it like two, three weeks before Easter, Uh, And then on Easter, you'll have kind of a secondary boost as people might come and check you out. And so that sounded really good to me. And I felt good about that. I felt like we could do that. And as I uh, uh, cast that vision to our church, I could tell right away uh, they were like trying to hear me out and trying to be supportive and not totally um, throw water on my fire and put it out. Uh, But there was some stress uh, there as we began to, uh, in the days after, really look at what we needed to do to be ready to launch officially to the public and to possibly receive a greater uh, influx of people. And it just became obvious over the next few weeks as I prayed more about it. Imagine that, how prayer can really help open your eyes and uh, open you up to the will of God too itself. Uh, uh, I just I just began to sense like the Lord was saying, no, now is not the time. Why don't you wait to have 
this big launch and celebration. Because uh, in many ways, we, we really, it's another interesting point, we really have already launched, even though we haven't had the big service and a big, huge marketing campaign in the local communities around us that, hey, we're here, we have really practically launched for all, um, by every way you could look at it, we've already launched um, where everything is set up legally for us. We're receiving tithes and offerings. We've got ministries in place. Um, but uh, so anyways, uh, the Lord said, don't do that. And I, I expressed that to the church and said, hey, we need to hold off because um, I just I think there's more that God has for us uh, to learn and to grow in. Um, we still need coworkers. Uh, so by the way, if, I mean, if you're listening to this and maybe through since last June, you've been kind of interested in Pursuit Friends Church, um, but you're, you've been waiting for us to launch and you've been waiting for that announcement that, Hey, we're open now, come and be a part of us. Um, Hey, we're open now. Uh, public, anyone listening to this, and uh, we still need co-workers. We need more people to help us do ministry effectively. And so if that's you and you feel like like you've been kind of interested in pursuit, um, I would say, would you please reach out to me? You can do that on Facebook or email. Uh, you can text me if you know me personally and have my phone number or give me a call. Um, I'd love to talk to you about what we're all about in more detail and uh, maybe do a video call, whatever, during this time, and uh, just talk to you about. We need we need workers. We need people to help in just about every area of ministry. If you have a certain gifting in your life, and you feel called to being a part of helping plan a church, um, uh, or would like to explore that possibility, just reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you. Um, we do still need more help. We need help in our uh, Sunday school with the kids. We'd like to expand our class uh, more and break down by age group more. Um, we need help uh, really in every area. There's there's room in our men's and women's ministries and our youth um, in worship. We we certainly have room for our worship team to grow. Uh, we love the idea of rotating people in uh, every every week and just just letting people that have that talent and that gifting. Uh, have the opportunity to express their love for Jesus through worship. Um, I'm actually looking for a worship leader that's got a certain amount of experience, uh, but is also teachable and wants to be discipled and and raised up in worship ministry. Uh, We're also a church that desires to raise up pastors and church planners. One of our main core values is multiplication and uh, planning churches. We desire to do uh, two things within the first two, three years of our existence. Within our first year of existence, we really would like to uh, help financially plan a church in Albania. Um, And then also within two years, we'd like to plant a church out of ourselves, actually. Uh, Regardless of how many people are in our church, we'd love to plant at least some kind of ministry where we lay hands on somebody and commission them and they go out from us into either the same community or a whole nother community and actually engage people with the gospel. Um, And I just have a desire to be a church planning pastor and to be over a church that is a part of a church planning network 
that either creates that network or engages with other networks uh, to see churches planted all over this area and really all over the world. Um, so back to Easter launch. We, we make this decision as a church to not launch, that we're going to hold off. We're going to at least wait through the summer, maybe as school starts up. Um, there are also some things we'd like to do to our facility. Um, and so we're just working through all this. And uh, God clearly says, hold off. And we all have a great immense peace about it. There's great unity about it. Yeah, we're not quite ready. There's more stuff we need to build um, and just need to be patient and wait upon the Lord. We're already doing church. We've already grown. Uh, anyone's welcome to come. It's not like it's not like we're not able to grow through the summer. Like anyone's welcome to come and worship with us. And we are inviting our friends and family and coworkers, all that stuff. Um, God is on the move. And, uh, man, then we go to Exponential. I go to Exponential with Joe and Kristen all and my wife and uh, come back on fire and uh, got, got some just more renewed vision for church planning and all that stuff. And then the COVID-19 thing breaks out and the governor of Ohio um, uh, asks us to limit our gatherings to 10 or less. And then there's a stay-at-home order that's issued. And as a church planner, let me tell you, that was pretty, uh, that was rough. That was tough to swallow because we're working so hard to gain momentum. We're working so hard to gather people and then to be issued a stay-at-home order. And um, as I talked with other pastors and listened to directives from our uh, denomination, our EFCER headquarters and leadership, uh let me tell you, I struggled a little bit with it. Like, like I saw God's hand over it that we as a church didn't try to push for this Easter launch uh, because we would have been greatly disappointed and saddened had we worked hard towards that and then not to be able to do Easter in that fashion in our facility um, uh, would have been really hard for us. Uh, and God just protected us. And this is... This is one of my main points for today for this podcast. I just want to encourage you church planners and anybody involved in church planning. This is a good lesson for life too. Holy cow, it's not just for church planning. It's If you're a follower of Jesus, you need to listen up right now. Pray. Let me say, let, let me say that again in case you missed it. Pray and pray a lot. And add fasting into that. And read a lot of God's word, okay? Pray. P-R-A-Y. Pray a lot. And listen to the voice of God. Actually be still and listen and wait upon the Lord. So often in church planning, and I am guilty of this as anybody is, is we just get wrapped up in the busy work of it and just trying to do, 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 and go, 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 uh, that we need to learn the principle. We need to learn the pattern and lifestyle of being still in the presence of God and listening and waiting upon him. Uh, we can't hear God's voice if we are constantly moving around and going a million miles per hour in every direction. We have to take time to be still and hear from God. And to be in the Word, not just for the sake of preaching, but for our own sake, pastors. We have to do that. We have to 
take time to just be with the Lord personally and develop our own relationship with him because we're not going to be able to sustain any type of movement or revival or anything unless we are continually being refreshed and renewed ourselves. Um, so I just encourage you, I'm going to say it one more time, pray. That really has affected us as a church. And there's times when we do it really well and times when we fall back on it a little bit where we, we're not doing it as well. We just renewed our commitment uh, this past Sunday to corporate prayer as a church. You know, it's really it's another thing I've learned about myself as a leader. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, is that I, I just, you know, I, I have these intentions and I desire and I say prayer is part of our core value. But what do I as a leader really do to encourage that? Do I just expect it to happen naturally? Um, and I think sometimes, often I do. I expect our people who have dedicated themselves to this church plant to just be mature enough to pray and fast and read the word and worship on their own. Um, but I really need to be encouraging them and giving them opportunities and get in, in insisting that the leaders that, that I have around myself um, are also giving people in our church opportunities to gather together online for corporate uh, prayer. And uh, I really took that for granted, and that, that's something that kind of fell by the wayside as far as intentionally doing that online, and me as a leader giving voice to that. We had a couple in our church that was meeting and gave us opportunities, uh, I think is every Thursday night to do that, uh, but only only one other person really would show up to that at all, and, and I showed up only one time, and I was frustrated by that, because prayer really is important to me, but that was a tough time. And so what we did was we talked about it and we shifted the time. We shifted it to Sunday evening at 8 o'clock and uh, uh, just said, hey, let's just reset and try this again. And, uh, and so we did and more people showed up and it was an amazing time in prayer. It was, I mean, there were a couple times I was moved to tears as I encountered the presence of God, as I heard the prayers of my church family uh, raised up. Uh, it was beautiful and it was wonderful, and and uh, we need not be afraid of that. We have got to connect online, in some type of corporate way, uh, and uh, we have been. Do I've been doing worship stuff. I mean, I feel like we've been doing the worship side of it, the preaching and teaching side of it. It's the prayer that really fell down, uh, uh, and was sacrificed, uh, totally unintentionally. It just kind of happened. I just I didn't realize it soon enough. And so uh, uh, we have rededicated ourselves to that time of prayer. And I know there's other churches that every day are putting out opportunities for people to get online and get on Facebook Live and watch them pray and put in their prayer requests. I've had some times of prayer where I said, hey, I'm taking prayer requests right now. You know, shoot me your prayer requests, post a worship video or past sermon or something like that uh, and do a watch party with that. But you know, to intentionally set aside time for prayer is really important. And and because of prayer, um, God really shifted us out of this desire to, to launch on Easter. And we are so grateful for that as a church. One of the great benefits of being a church plan is we're still learning. And uh, we can make mistakes. <laughs> really, I don't know why churches that are, have, are fully established can't make mistakes either. Um, but you got to try stuff. You got to work through it. 
and you got to work through conflict. You got to work through personality differences, um, in in differences of opinion on this or that, and uh, it, it can be so enriching and so good though when you listen to each other and and you bathe everything in prayer and you give it to the Lord and you ask God to bless it. And that that really, if I had to pick one thing for church planners from my experience thus far, we are cl- coming up soon on a year since we first started meeting in June. I mean, it's it's the end of April here and uh, May and June are going to be here before we know it. And it's just incredible how fast the time has come by. Um, But really, the thing that I would say to church planners, above all else, is pray. Bathe everything in prayer. As much as we prayed, and we have prayed a lot, we can still pray more. And uh, we are constantly challenging ourselves in that. A lot of our early meetings uh, for organization and vision casting and dreaming, and uh, we would spend sometimes half an hour to 45 minutes in worship and prayer together before we ever talked about any business, business item for the church. And uh, we just saw an incredible time of growth. Um, there were some frustrations as we were working through some tough issues, especially when it came to moving into this new facility. Um, we had to work through that and uh, make sure that's really what we wanted to do. And, uh, you know, it was tough. There were tough times. Just because you pray and worship a lot together doesn't mean you're not going to have struggle or conflict together. Sometimes it actually means that struggle and conflict will increase because you are increasing your sensitivity to the Spirit and to being led by God. The devil will come in and attack your unity. Um, And he will come in and try to stir things up and get you distracted. And that's that's all it is, is a distraction. If he can slow us down at all, he's happy to do that. He doesn't necessarily need everything to come crashing down. But if he can slow us down and confuse us and frustrate us, uh, it might bring ministry to a screeching halt at times. And uh, that is part of his ultimate goal. Uh, And, uh, you know, he'll attack marriages. He'll attack, he usually attacks marriages first. That's what he did in the garden, right, with Adam and Eve. Um, But you just have to be prayed up, church planner, pastor. You've got to be prayed up, and you've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and you've got to be led of the Holy Spirit. And then the second thing I would say uh, is that you need to expect change regularly. My friend Altine Keita, Pastor Altine from Albania, shared this bit of advice with me one early morning is is to tell your people every few weeks, like you have got to keep telling them to expect change. You're going to try things that are going to work or not work. Um, you're trying to be relevant. You're trying to have impact. Um, and one of the great pleasures of church planning is that you can reset much easier than churches that have been doing it the same way for 20, 30 years. Um, You're not hooked on that feeling all the way, uh, to quote a popular song. Uh, you, You can adapt, you can change much quicker than a church that has been established for a long time already. Um, and, uh, he just encouraged us 
Like you got change as a part of your culture, Brian. You have to tell your people to expect change regularly. Um, and then even a lot of people are saying, you know, you've got to be willing to even look at your vision every year or two years and make sure that, number one, you're living up to that, to what your mission and vision are and your core values, but also what needs to change. Has our culture and our society changed that there is a different need, that there is a greater need, obviously beyond besides salvation um, and God's grace and love, all that, all that stuff. Um, but how, what are your methods? Do your methods need to change? Does your delivery need to change in order to reach more people for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Um, and God has been faithful to us, and uh, we are just basking in the fact that he protected us uh, from trying to force ourselves to launch at Easter when there was soon to be a stay-at-home order. And again, that just comes from being led of the Spirit. And so for us as a church, we have this emphasis on prayer right now, and it's been good for us. And I have just this past week challenged our church to increase our fasting. And this is what I really want to end on this podcast on this time is I would encourage you, uh, whether you're a church planner or a pastor of a fully established church, however young or old that church is, is we need to be calling our people and f- calling the body of Christ to a greater season of prayer, fasting, worship, and Bible study. And in that, I believe, is the fuel to proclaim the gospel on a greater level. Uh, and we need to stop, like I have done so often, uh, is we need to stop preaching from a point of assumption. Matt Chandler challenged Uh, the body of Christ to this in a pastor's conference a few years ago um, that we preach so often from a point of assumption that people are with us, that they understand everything we're saying, that they understand God's word fully enough to read between the lines and understand the heart behind what we're doing and understand how to practically implement it. And so I would encourage you, I just did this recently, I recorded a video just for my church members, just for the people that are attending, they're part of our launch and core teams, um, or lead teams, and, uh, and just gave them practical ways to start into fasting. Was it an exhaustive list? Absolutely not. Um, but it was uh, some practical ways and ideas of fasting that will hopefully help jumpstart us and kickstart us into us in a deeper season with the Lord. And I've challenged them to all fast on the same day. We're going to fast on Tuesdays. At least that's the plan right now. Remember, we could change it. And that's something uh, we may even do with our uh, prayer time that we just started for the first time on Sunday night. There may be another night where more people can actually come. Uh, And who knows, maybe we'll end up doing two or three nights a week of praying together corporately um, and just give people all the opportunities in the world to do that. Uh, But prayer and fasting in particular, I really believe God has called his church, the body of Christ, no matter what denomination you're in, uh, that this is a time to pray and fast more than ever before. And I I just want to challenge you with that. 
I'm not going to go into the details of that. I'm going to intentionally walk from a point of assumption here uh, that that you understand what fasting is. If you don't, I just encourage you to dive into God's Word, learn about fasting, talk with your pastor, um, talk with other people about their experiences with fasting, and go for it. Uh, and I just believe we'll see breakthrough. Fasting, part of fasting is is when we need breakthrough, we should fast. When we need God to move and when we're hungry for more of God, it's replacing our physical hunger for food with a spiritual hunger for God. And uh, so just encourage you to really dive into that and challenge your church and challenge your family, challenge those around you. Uh, if they love Jesus, if they're a follower of Jesus Christ, that uh, now's the time because we need to be ready. We need to be ready for this to last possibly much longer, this stay-at-home order. Uh, we need to be ready for economic collapse. We're praying against that. We hope that doesn't hap- happen, but we still need to be ready for that mentally, physically, spiritually. Um, how do we minister in that case? And if that happens, we need to be ready to... Um, receive people back if this stay-at-home order is lifted and we beat this coronavirus uh, and God does a mighty work upon the earth with it. Uh, you know, we need to we need to be ready to receive people who probably are going to have a ton of questions. And part of that receiving and that preparation has to be prayer and fasting and an intensified um, study of God's Word. Our worship should be increase, increasing during this time. And we ought to be drawing near to God. And so church planner, if you're out there and you're getting tired of doing online church, you're getting tired of posting devotionals or prayer times, which hopefully you're not. Hopefully you have really slipped into a comfortable, I know I just spoke against comfort earlier, uh, but you're getting into a good pattern and routine of that. And you're starting to enjoy that. If, if, If not all the way through, you have um, you know, God is expanding our territories. I just, I mean, we're a church of 40, 50 people, and we're getting over 300 views on our Facebook page uh, for the service videos in particular and some of the other devotionals and worship times. Uh, one time we got over 1,000 views on our Sunday service. And that is a reach that extends far beyond what we could ever do inside our building. Uh, at least right now in in where we are as a church plant. And so we're excited about that, and I hope you're excited about that too. The gospel is going forth to more people than ever before, and we need to get on board with that. We need to be excited about that. We need to teach and encourage our people and lead them effectively in these times and say, hey, this is, I know this sucks. This isn't easy. This is hard. We wish we could be together for many, many reasons. This isn't optimal, but it's where we're at, and we need to have a good attitude about it, and we need to ask the Lord to use us. And I encouraged our people, and I I promise I'm almost done here, um, that uh, now is not the time to to fast social media as a church. Uh, We need to be on, God's people need to be all over social media, whatever platform you prefer or like to use. We ought to be posting scripture verses. We ought to be posting worship videos, positive posts, encouraging people, doing our own prayer meetings online for crying out loud. 
Uh, pastors and leaders aren't the only ones that can do that, by the way. And uh, um, just encourage everybody to shine the light of Jesus online as much as possible and uh, to choose our attitude. I did a time of worship uh, last week, Wednesday. We had our men's Bible study, and it was a really good time for me in the study. Uh, and just to see some of these brothers' faces was just really good for my heart. And I uh, came out of that Bible study. It takes roughly an hour, hour, 15 minutes for our online Bible study. And came out of that, and I just wasn't done being with the Lord. So I did a Facebook Live and did a few songs of worship. And as I was worshiping, the Lord really challenged me uh, and uh, said, Brian, tomorrow morning, and I, I prayed this as a prayer, tomorrow morning, Brian, rise up and bless my name and rejoice and be glad in the day that I have made. Guys, this is a tough season we're living in. This is really tough. It's uncertain times. A lot of us are hurting financially, physically. Um, depression is, is depression is widespread. Um, mental health is a big issue right now in the United States as, as people who need to get outside, who need interaction, aren't getting it. Uh, and so we're just, we are truly in a crisis. Um, and I, I just, I just want to encourage you guys, um, with all of my heart that we need to choose our attitude and we need to make sure that we are indeed shining the light of Jesus wherever we go in our neighborhood. If we're out walking, we need to be showing joy and exuberance and excitement that we get to walk outside, that we still have that freedom. Uh, we need to just be living a life of joy as much as possible through the power of the Holy Spirit, of course. And uh, not something fake, but man, regardless of our circumstances, we are called to live above these circumstances. And we are called to have joy. We are called, as the Great Commission challenged us, to go into all the earth and make disciples and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And sometimes the best way we preach the gospel is by being the gospel and being joy, being hope, uh, and, and not living in despair. And so I just encourage you, tomorrow morning, rise up every day. Rise up and bless the name of the Lord and rejoice and be glad in the day because it is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. God bless you guys. I look forward to spending more time with you on the next episode of Pursuit Friends Church, church planning behind the scenes. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Pursuit Friends Church Planning Behind the Scenes. I'm planner and lead pastor Brian Donahue, and I'd like to invite you to visit our website at pursuitfriends.org and join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at facebook.com slash pursuitfriendschurch. God bless you guys.